Okay, Boomer. What comes first? Anna Stahlheber isn't sure about drug abuse among seniors. I wonder if that's because of the hardships of their life or it's because they're sitting at home in front of a TV. Ann Stahlheber works at a local county health center and has seen plenty of drug abuse. We'll hear from Ann in a few minutes. And speaking of TV, Stephanie Ducat of the SIU Crafts Shop has this advice for boomers who binge watch The Untouchables or maybe uh, Perry Mason or Lucille Ball. Um, I would say come to the craft shop <laughs> and come make something. Meanwhile, down the street, Patrick Law started out at the Carbondale Senior Center as a kid. 29 when I started. Now I'm old enough to sign on the line just like everybody else and eat here. We'll talk to Patrick about how the Carbondale Senior Citizen Center is attracting boomers. And we talked with a boomer who used to work as a nurse in a federal agency, though she hasn't contracted COVID-19 Kathy understands what COVID brain fog can do. And I really feel like what they're dealing with is a lot of what I'm, what I deal with. Kathy has Alzheimer's, knows it, and is doing something about it. We'll talk to her during the news. Also in the news, we'll cover COVID-19 and how rural deaths per 100,000 residents is exceeding the national average. And we'll look at comfort foods. And now the news. Rural COVID-19 deaths climbed by 90% one week last month. Death rates in rural America reached a four-month peak, while infection rates dropped nationwide. The Center for Disease Control has released COVID-19 new infection rates for the week of January 5th through January 11th, 2023. Rural counties reported 803 deaths, 382 more deaths, and a 90% increase from the previous week. The rural rate of deaths was nearly 2 per 100,000 residents. Rural death rates haven't been that high since last September. In metropolitan areas, there was a 3,087 COVID-19 deaths during that week in mid-January, a 38% increase from the previous week. The urban rate of deaths was a little over one death per 100,000 residents. Now on happier, more productive news, are you getting bored in retirement? Maybe you'd like to earn a few dollars, keep active? The National Council on Aging has a free online tool that gives older adults practical tips on how to find a job. Now, the tool is one of the latest in a suite from NCOA that are part of the Age Well Planner, including Falls Free Checkup and Budget Checkup. IBM helped fund the development of Job Skills Checkup to help older adults navigate the challenges and opportunities of returning to work. Check it out on ncoa.org. That's ncoa.org. Now to tax prep. You know, the usual yearly headache. AARP Foundation Tax Aid is providing free in-person and virtual tax assistance and preparation now through April 18th. The nation's largest free volunteer tax assistance and preparation program helps secure more than $1 billion in refunds for more than 1.2 million taxpayers last year. Tax aid is offered in conjunction with the IRS, and AARP membership is not required. Now, AARP Foundation Tax Aid offers several options for providing tax assistance. First, there's in-person in tax aid's traditional in-person service. Then there's low contact. Taxpayers interact with IRS certified tax aid volunteers in one or two short in-person meetings to exchange documents. Contact free. Taxpayers interact with tax aid's IRS certified tax counselors online or by phone. And then self-preparation. They have a thing where you can uh, prepare the thing yourself. And it's a free access software. To find the nearest tax aid location in your area, visit the tax aid site locator at aarp.org. That's aarp.org. Also from AARP, new data from Comscore found older audiences returned to movie theaters in great numbers in 2022, outpacing rates from even before the pandemic. According to the data, the attendance of people 45 and older grew 5% from previous attendance levels in 2019, the last full year before the COVID-19 pandemic affected theater attendance. According to the study, in 2022, 
older moviegoers pushed several films to have the best box office performance in years. Paramount Pictures, Top Gun, Maverick, Sword is the top-grossing film of the year. And Warner Brothers Pictures' Elvis also performed well, according to box office analysts. And now for a different type of entertainment. Whether you call them comfort foods, highly processed foods, junk foods, empty calories, or just some of America's favorite foods and drinks, a sizable percentage of older Americans have an unhealthy relationship with them. According to a national poll on healthy aging, about 13% of people aged 50 to 80 showed signs of addiction to such foods and beverages in the past year. The percentage is much higher among women than men, especially women in their 50s and early 60s. It was also higher in older adults who say they are overweight, lonely, or in fair or poor physical or mental health. The poll is based at the UM Institute for Healthcare Policy and Innovation and supported by AERP and the Michigan Medicine UM's Academic Medical Center. And now from abusing food to abusing drugs. Ann Stahlheber is semi-retired and works part-time at the Rural Community Health Center in Anna. Ann has a message for boomers and everyone else about drug abuse and idleness. Well, I work down in Anna at the Rural Health Community Health Center, and I work two days a week as a case manager in their um, medical treatment for opioid addiction. So I do one-on-one support, per, support for people who have using medication to deal with their addiction. So it's really interesting to me, and I enjoy that, and it's two days a week, so there's a freedom there that I don't get all bogged down in work. And um, I just enjoy that. But I see a lot of people who are aging, who are my age or even younger, come into the clinic with lots of health issues, lots of medications they're taking, and I don't. I wonder if that's because of the hardships of their life or it's because they're sitting at home in front of the TV, you know, and I don't know that, but I often wonder that. We talked with Ann during the farmer's market in Carbondale last fall. And oh yes, research shows that a sedentary lifestyle is unhealthy for adults over 50. Inactivity often causes older adults to lose the ability to do things on their own and can lead to more hospitalizations, doctor visits, and uses of medicines for illness. And that includes medicine that is self-prescribed. One way to stay active is to build things. Stephanie Ducott of the SIU Student Center Craft Shop tells me that is a good place for boomers to hang out. Um, probably weekly, we have maybe about 20. Um, it kind of varies week to week, depending on what kind of events we have going on. And I assume you've talked to some of them. What are their reasons for coming in here? Um, just something to do, basically, getting out of the house and just mostly they come in for ceramics to use the pottery studio. Um, that's probably our most popular thing we offer. Okay, pottery, ceramics. Uh, so what apparently is happening is some of these seniors have decided to go into maybe something they hadn't gone into when they were working? Yeah, I think it's just a nice relaxing hobby that they can spend time doing and there's a lot of different aspects of it so they might take a private lesson with us and then come in on their free time and work on their own projects. What about people working on say um, another craft like uh, carpentry? Carpentry, they can come in and use the wood shop as well. They just have to take a safety test and then um, they can come in during open hours and use the shop while we have a studio monitor present. Uh, do you have many boomers working in the shop? Um, we do. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many. We do have a lot of students that use the shop, uh, but anyone can come in and use it. What would your advice be, and, and you're not a boomer of course, but what would your advice be to somebody who's sitting there who's retired and is watching the Untouchables, or maybe uh, Perry Mason or Lucille Ball? Um, I would say come to the craft shop <laughs> and come make something. Um, we have a lot of workshops too, that if you are kind of scared and you don't want to like jump out and just show up, you can sign up for something and then a lo there's more than just you in a workshop and it can kind of get your feet wet and then you can come in and kind of do it on your own. Now we have a newscast on this program and I've read a lot of news stories about Alzheimer's patients and how to 
offset the symptoms and one of the bits of advice is to get working doing something and using your mind yep i just heard that as well it's uh, really good to learn a new hobby and also like painting and very tactile things will exercise your mind and keep you more fresh what all together do you have in the craft shop available to people um, so we have ceramics woodworking we have stained glass we have uh, fused glass drawing and painting and we also let's see oh printmaking as well I guess I would say printmaking yeah yeah printmaking is a really great thing too because if you you can learn it and then you could do it here and then you can also bring it home and do it there as well so um, you might learn a skill here and like for printmaking for example you could bring it home and do it in front of the TV so you have you're doing two things at once yeah maybe um, having some coffee three things at once yeah yeah <laughs> that's always good having or a, or a beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, what do you charge for these services for people who are not SIU students? Um, it depends on each activity, but say if you wanted clay, it's if you want to buy 10 pounds, it's uh, $16, and that can, you can make many, many things with 10 pounds of clay. And your clay includes your firing fee, all the slips and glazes, and we also have tools that you can use for free. You just return them when you're done. Um, for woodworking, you have to buy your supplies, so based on, based on what kind of wood you want to use, um, that would kind of vary in price, but your woodshop pass would be $30 for the semester. So it's pretty inexpensive, so it's accessible for lots of different people. Well, a semester is how many months? Uh, five months, roughly. $30? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good deal, yeah. What kind of a difference do you see now that we're no longer under COVID lockdown as far as people coming in then as opposed to now? I think we have a lot more people of all ages coming in. Um, and I think more people are signing up for workshops and attending events that we have. Like we're in charge of the holiday craft sale and the upcoming Valentine's Day craft sale. So we have a lot more vendors that are participating. Um, and those are events that anyone is available to, or uh, anyone is welcome to come to. Now to register, go online to studentcenter.siu.edu. Student Center is all one word, dot S-I-U dot E-D-U. And now we visit a nurse in West Frankfurt who knows she has it and is doing something about it. Recently, I spoke with Kathy Turner who has Alzheimer's. I asked Kathy, when did you suspect that you had problems with your thinking and how did you determine it? Um, it was... Uh word finding I I lost my vocabulary I um, worked critical care and I have had a lot of ums 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 and I didn't want to appear as though I didn't know my job to the patients and the families and my peers so I sought care to find out what has happened to my ability to produce words. Okay, so you suspected and your colleagues suspected that you had a head injury, but then after that you went and were tested. Yes, with with as the as the words finding got worse, I sought care. But long before I would say at least six years. Um, I went through a neurologist and some uh, cognitive testing far away, and it was a lot of testing. And the last doctor I saw that was not a local neurologist, it was the person that did the uh, neuropsych testing. And um, he told me that he didn't know what I was after, but I wasn't going to get it from him because I was a critical care nurse working full time and he wasn't going to do anything. That sounds like a very helpful physician. And so what did you do after that? Well, I told him I wasn't after anything, but a reason for why I was losing my vocabulary and he obviously isn't going to give me the reason. 
and so I did what many nurses do and got mad and hated neurologists and um, cognitive therapists and all those kinds of people that I encountered at that time. Have you changed your opinion? Have you gone to one? Well, symptoms increased. So I had to. I, I was, things got bad. So I had to see somebody again. And you did, and they confirmed that you have Alzheimer's. Yes. Now, talking with you, I have not detected any indication to my way of thinking that you have any problems mentally. And matter of fact, during our talk over coffee, I had more problems pulling out words because of COVID brain fog. What did you have in your coffee? <laughs> no, we're not going to talk about that. Cream. <laughs> What I'm saying is, uh, before you told me that if somebody has COVID uh, brain fog, that's like having Alzheimer's. I I, real, I don't have, I've not had COVID, so, um, but I have close friends and family that are suffering from effects of COVID. And I really feel like what they're dealing with is a lot of what I'm, what I deal with. Um as we've talked, I've made some changes and and some of my symptoms have improved. Some of them have gotten worse. Um, uh, I never know what each day brings. Now you mentioned you're doing something that is um, not uh, approved by approved meaning that they they haven't um, done double-blind studies or anything like that in the medical community you're taking certain uh, minerals uh, and treating yourself uh, and, and is that working and what are you doing um, can I say the book sure the end of Alzheimer's is a book and it is um, uh, based a lot on functional medicine my current neurologist isn't a big supporter, but um, there's many changes that you make as far as supplements. It's not just supplements, it's, it's healing the gut, getting rid of gluten, getting rid of sugar. Um, uh, do you feel this has helped you? Huge. Oh, you do? You do huge. think so. What, what, are the, um, what are the things that have changed in your thinking between the time you were diagnosed and the time like right now after you've started using the minerals and 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 done whatever you needed to do um obviously my my word finding um my my numbers um dates math is worse um i don't know if um, my ability to keep appointments has gotten better or if just my ability to use my phone as a resource to alarm me when there's something coming up but something has helped on that front but uh, as I told you when we weren't on the microphone I from prior to the um, uh, the changes in what I was eating and, and the supplements and such. Um, I had a positive lumbar puncture. That's how I got my diagnosis. Fast forward a year and I have a negative PET scan. So that in and of itself, something changed. A negative means diagnostically you don't have it now? Yes. So diagnostically you don't have Alzheimer's? Diagnostically, my neurologist says um, you have dementia and time is going to tell us what what's causing it. Okay, so he insists you still have it, though the test indicates you don't? Well, there's multiple dementias. Okay. Um, 
Alzheimer's, you're looking at the, the proteins, the plaques, um, those are what is gone. Okay, so you don't have Alzheimer's, but you still have dementia. Yes. Well, he and he's not, you know, he's saying it, it still could be, but time, we have to give it time. Kathy Turner, who is in the early stages of Alzheimer's. Next week, Kathy will tell us how she is fighting her disease and what kind of progress she is making. Now, one of Kathy's recommendations to fight cognitive decline is to think, keep the mind active. Accordingly, Bob and Marcia Smith have put together a bunch of questions you can think about and answers you can think about, too, on the off-ramp. Hmm, here are some interesting facts. <laughs> well, I think they are, Bob. This is Bob Smith along with Marcia Smith, and we've got some great trivia for you today here on OK Boomer. All right, Bob. How in the 19th century would British elites have fun at parties with Egyptian mummies? They so. smoked the Egyptian mummies? <laughs> uh, what did they do? They would hold mummy unwrapping parties. Oh, dear. Oh, isn't that disrespectful to say the very I'd least? I'd say it's disrespectful okay. to the dead, yes. Th those Victorians had a few strange ideas on how to have fun, and one of which was holding parties devoted to unwrapping mummies. They were all in full throes of Egypt mania at the time. Everybody yeah. was. They'd go there, and then they'd bring back a mummy, and they would all unwrap it. See, this is where you uh, hear people saying, well, they shouldn't uh, return all of these artifacts to these countries. They don't have the best museums and everything. But what did they do when they brought them here? Yeah. They brought the mummies here, and then they had money unwrapping parties. Yeah. Somehow yeah. these things got out of the hands of scientists yeah. or archaeologists and into parties? Yeah. That's just disgusting, isn't pa it? Past the canopies and... The mummy. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Okay, Marcia, what are dermatoglyphics? Dermatoglyphics. Any idea what that would be? All right, be? let me think. Derm it'll be skin uh, tattoos. Well, you're close to it, okay? okay? Derma being skin and glyph being carving. That's the technical name for the patterns and ridges your fingertips make on objects. In other words, fingerprints. Okay. Dermatoglyphics. Yep. It's almost impossible to change or eliminate fingerprints. So how did the famous gangster John Dillinger try to hide his? Well, didn't he put his fingertips in acid? Somebody did. Yes, yes. He tried to burn off his fingertips with acid, but it didn't work. It didn't? No. He still had prints? They still have prints. In fact, you can find in the literature pictures of before and after, and you can still see the ridges. Really? Yeah, they, you see them enough that they could be identified. Wasn't Isn't that interesting? was the pain, was it, John? Uh, no, it wasn't. And the ridges eventually grow back in the same patterns. No kidding. After you try to destroy them. Isn't that curious? Hmm. All right, now... A couple more that. questions on fingerprints. All right. When do your fingerprints and other skin ridges form? In the womb. Yes. When? I need to give you the month. Yes. Fourth month. Well, you're right. Between the third and sixth months of pregnancy. <laughs> well, very good. Very good. And you know that even identical twins have different fingerprints. No, I didn't know that Yeah, either. they have different fingerprints because during fetal growth, the genes that control the dermal layers of the body parts dictate the size, shape, and patterns of those, those ridges. All right. So now I've given you a couple questions about fingerprints, and you know that dermatoglyphs are the fingerprints. Yeah. So what is a dermatoglyphus? No fingerprints. That's right. It's a genetic condition where people are born without fingerprints. Technically, they're born without the ridges on the skin, which can be on the palms, the soles of your feet. All those ridges are in M multiple places. Must be very uncommon. Yeah, it is uncommon. Be a good person to be a thief. And I'll have one more question on fingerprints okay. coming up. Oh, okay. All right, Bob. What city in the world has a government position entitled Minister of State for happiness. There is actually a country that has the minister of, yeah. what is it again? Minister of State for happiness. Wow, I, I like that. Uh, me too. Yep, it's Dubai. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Dubai City has a genuine concern and passion for its citizens. This is a propaganda. Chamber, this is Chamber of Commerce oh, okay, writing okay, here. Yeah. That's where I got this. The United Arab Emirates wants to ensure the citizens are happy. Oh. Hence, it has created a position in the government responsible for citizens' happiness. 
The tremendous responsibility of the Minister of Happiness is to harmonize government plans, policy, and programs to ensure they bring happiness to their citizens. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> just BS, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it's a paying position. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and, uh, interesting. And, uh, yes. How in the world do you, you know, who's the police that makes sure that works right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Is that kind of a funny thing? I don't know. They got a little happiness meter. Oh. Okay, two more fingerprint questions, okay. Mark. Okay. True or false, do animals have unique fingerprints? Yes. Oh, really? What animals have unique... Would that be apes? Yes. Uh, gorillas, orangutans, and chimpanzees, they have them on their fingers and toes that are unique to each individual. And sometimes this is one reason scientists think maybe the reason for these ridges we have on our fingers uh-huh. are to help grip things yeah. because these animals have them and they yeah. hang. Okay, how far back does the use of fingerprints go? I don't believe it became a thing until the 1800s, middle 1800s. The first record regarding the use of fingerprints is a document entitled The Volume of Crime Scene Investigation Burglary. How old is that document? Wow. The Volume of Crime Scene Investigation-Burglary. I'll bet it goes back to ancient times. More than 2,200 years ago. Good Lord. Goes back to the Qing Dynasty in China between 221 and 206 BC. That document relates to how fingerprints were used as a type of evidence. And the Chinese have extensive records of fingerprints being used both for crime solving and for securing important documents going back more than 2,000 years. So it's way before... uh, Way before the 1890s. Yeah. And they used uh, fingerprints in uh, clay uh, on seals on documents to authenticate who sent that document, 200 B.C. or so. And then after the invention of paper by the Chinese in A.D. 105, it became common to sign documents using friction ridge skin. So they would use the index finger as a way to sign a document. So basically using a fingerprint. And that goes back to 105 A.D. That's hard to fathom. It's a long time ago. Okay. How many languages, Bob, are in the world? How many languages today? Yeah. I saw a statistic recently that said in New York City there's 800 languages spoken. In New York City, you know, with all the different people from all over the world. So I'll say 1,000 or 1,500 languages? Yeah. Nope, it's 7,100 languages. Still existing in the world today. Right. Of course, they're all not equal. There's one language called Basu, B-U-S-U-U, and it's spoken by only the three people that are left. (laughs) As of 2005, there were only three people. It's spoken in Cameroon. But the top five languages in the world are, name a couple. Uh, Chinese. No. Oh, I guess Mandarin is. Yeah, Chinese. English? Yes. Are those the top two? Yes, English, Mandarin, Hindi, Spanish, and French. Wow. Those are the top five languages of the world, of which there are 7,100. That is amazing. And and people might think, French, well, that's kind of a small country. Well, Britain was a small country, of course, and yeah. it exported English all over the world. But French was used in many countries as the language of diplomacy for centuries. Merci. Okay. We just want to remind everyone, if they'd like to join us on the web, they can come to our site at theofframp.show. Back to Robert P. Rickman and OK Boomer. Thanks, Bob. Finally, this morning, with your help, my brain is fully active. OK, Boomer. Oh, good heavens. It's coffee break time. So let's get up. Oh, oh, it always hurts. And we've been promising for several weeks. We haven't had the time to do it to rebroadcast the world's first slideshow on radio that I did, I'm taking credit, about 10 years ago. And then after my uh, historic broadcast, we'll be followed by Raj and Bob talking about an unfair maiden. You'll find out about that. Then Zydeco, we'll be talking about Zydeco. What's Zydeco? Is that something you put on your uh, siding, you know, to, to make sure the rain doesn't come in? No. No, it has to do with Louisiana. And then Patrick Law at the Carbondale Senior Center will talk about how the Carbondale Senior Center is attracting boomers. And then we'll look back in the 1930s with Edward R. Murrow. That's all coming up next on OK Boomer. Cup of Joe with Robert. And a cup of tea with Carrie. And as promised, it is time for our slideshow of my Christmas vacation. And this is... 
is... Mammoth Cave New Entrance Tour. That's right. It's in a big hole and everyone climbs down the stairs as you see. I know. And they all look so, um, well... Grim. Because they're going through that door, they don't know if they'll ever come back. Lindsay and me sharing a private moment. (laughs) I just want the listening audience to know that it was purely a dark cave. There was no Lindsay Lohan. How do you know it was dark? Fantastic shot of a bat. It's a close-up, everybody. And, oh, my God, what an evil-looking face. It's taken off a wall. That's me, incidentally, and that's the ranger telling me not to mess around with the bats. He looks like a ranger. Okay, this is historic Diamond Cavern. Beautiful bird. It is a beautiful bird. And and, and this is the entrance to the cave. Next to the garbage can. What do people puke when they come out? No, they puke before they go in. And uh, that's George the Kangaroo. Oh, and you're so much bigger than George, and you have a bald spot. Okay, that's Hoss. He's the guy who gave me the uh, tour of the Kentucky Down. I wouldn't have gone down there with him. Uh, What the heck did you do? Knock off part of a static night? I walked into it. Tight? Yeah, that was an accident. Out. Anyway, Hoss was showing me through the cave. There's me pondering, thinking deep thoughts, looking into the pool of water. It is. It's amazing. There's ripples. There's a ripple. There's a pool, yeah, yeah. That is so bizarre looking. It is bizarre. Now, this is the American Cave Museum in Hidden River Cave. So okay. that went all over in, in uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so much better. Oh, you bumped your head again. Well, I, the guy said, watch the birdie as I was walking, and he flashed. Have that with your cup of joe. And your cup of tea. I'm Robert Rickman. And I'm Kerry Boylan. Okay, Boomer. La, 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 la. She used to be fair until she cut her hair and gained about 25 stone. She used to be sweet, she used to be neat as she gained the family throne. But I wish her no ill and I love her still no matter the price I've paid. She'll be my own wife for the rest of my life, she'll be my own unfair maid. She'll be my own wife for the rest of my life, she'll be my own unfair maid. La 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 Twas love when we met, I'll never forget, her eyes were as blue as the sea. Her raven black hair framed a face oh so fair, and she made the stars shine for me. She dined sparingly, cooked dinner for me. On the face of it, things were sublime. We walked and held hands and we kissed on the sands. I couldn't bear biding my time. We walked and held hands and we kissed on the sands. I couldn't bear biding my time. La 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 la. I asked her to wed, and when yes, she said, we ran to the justice of peace. No sooner I do, she started to chew, she ate like a squad of police. In two months no more, she'd added a score of pounds to her once slender girth. By marrying me, she set herself free by eating for all we were worth. By marrying me, she set herself free by eating for all we were worth. She's still locked inside that body so wide, the beauty I wed and adore. I pray that one day she'll wither away and be as she once was once more. But I'll not cry foul or throw in the towel or ask that the game be replayed. In my eyes she's still fair with raven black hair and I love my unfair maid. In my eyes she's still fair with raven black hair. And I love my unfair maid. La 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 la. everybody it's the white raven from the hot 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 louisiana gumbo pot right here on wdbx sundays 12 to 2 join me and all the gumbo pot heads where i'll be bringing you all the best music from louisiana new orleans the bayou with a little bit of delta blues thrown in for good measure so all you swamp rats grab your zydeco shoes meet me in the gumbo pot at high noon we always pass a good time chef peace love and zydeco Mmm, in a gumbo pot. 
the world's largest, smallest, biggest, fastest, tallest. I'm Marcia Smith. I'm Bob Smith. Join us every week for a half hour of fun, fascinating trivia. Questions about history, music, business, art, sports. It's a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, and take our side road to sanity. 30 minutes of fun-filled facts every week on The, the Off-Ramp. Off-Ramp. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at theofframp.show. Now, do you remember as a kid, these teenagers you saw had this box-like record changer, and they would put a stack of wax on them, push the button, and you hear someone like, oh, chubby checker. Roger Ramjet now revisits the late 1950s. Chubby Checker has the only song that has hit number one on the pop chart more than once, with the exception of Christmas songs. The Twist was a number one pop song in 1960, and again in 1962. When you add the two runs up, this song spent nine months on the pop charts. On the R&B chart, it went to number two in 1960 and number four in 1962. Then there was the dreadful remake with the Fat Boys with Chubby Checker in 1988, but let's not even think about that one. Chubby Checker knew early on in his life he wanted to be a performer. He was inspired by Ernest Tubb, who he saw performing at a fair. He formed a street corner harmony group when he was 11. The song, The Twist, was written by Hank Ballard. His group, Hank Ballard and the Midnighters, recorded the song in 1959, but it had only modest success on the chart. Interestingly, Chuck's record label, interestingly, Checker's record label wasn't impressed with the song. Bernie Lowe, the president of Cameo Parkway, thought it was a B-side at best. Chubby thought otherwise, and he worked hard to promote the record in any way he could. He did a concert in Cedar Falls that my wife and I went to in 2005. It was one of the best concerts I've seen. He was 64 at that time, and he sounded just as good as he did on the recordings he made in the 60s. Here's Chubby Checker in The Twist. Chubby Checker, The Twist, from 1958, when many boomers were just little kids. Okay, boomer. Cup of tea with Carrie. And a cup of joe with Robert. A 20-year-old Freeport, Florida man was charged with burglary and criminal mischief last week for apparently stealing a 12-pack of toilet paper from his neighbor. The website, Northwest Florida Daily News, reports the unidentified victim returned to her home last month to find her lot broken and a shadowy form, she told deputies, was likely Stephen Alexander Pettit leaving her place. Pettit reportedly admitted to cops he'd broken the woman's lock and taken the TP. What's up with that? Well, okay, when I was a kid, toilet paper, that big roll of Scott, was 25 cents. Now it's about $1.25. It's getting expensive. I can tell you on good authority that a 12-pack of the double roll, which supposedly is now a 24-roll pack because they've made them bigger, yeah. uh, cost $8.19 plus tax. That's that's why people are breaking in and stealing toilet paper. paper. <laughs> and while on the subject of potty, a 28-year-old Australian man was charged last week with slugging his 13-year-old neighbor all because the kid wouldn't stop cursing. Gosh darn it. The Morning Bulletin reports Stephen John Moran was trying to sleep one day in August, but was kept awake by the boisterous boy who'd apparently ignored numerous requests to shut up. Gosh darn it, son of a gun. The Rockhampton Magistrate's Court agreed with the prosecutor's claims that Moran then walked past the door, held the kid, and slugged him in the rib area. He pleaded guilty to a charge of common assault and was sentenced to six months probation. I suppose, yeah, potty mouth and all that crap. Cheese and rice. Godfred Daniel. What are you babbling on about, Robert? (laughs) Have that with your friggin' cup of joe. Have that with your friggin' cup of tea. I'm Robert Rickman. I'm Kerry Boylan. 
Okay, Boomer. And one Sunday, I went to Louisiana and stayed in Carbondale. Yes, I was at the Louisiana Gumbo Pot at noon, and I visited the White Raven, Fiddle Rick, and Gator. And our uh, new friend... Uh, okay, Boomer's here. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. So anyway, we're all hanging out today. What do we all say, right. boys? Aye! All right. right. Yeah, here we go. Uh, reminders. Let's talk about it again. Save the date. March 10th and March 11th. March 10th, March 11th. Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Some great uh, music. And it's our Mardi Gras WDBX fundraiser at Route 51. Enough said. You know, starting about 6 or 7 o'clock at night. We'll know more. Uh, there will be pre-sale tickets available very soon. Get those. They are very cost efficient. So music, food, t-shirt, the gumbo pot, and you know a really carpets. fun thing about going is about having these events is you get to meet the, a lot of the DJs are there. Thank you, Phil Rook, for hanging out with me today. All right, and I guess Robert, thanks for hanging out. Tune yeah, the- thank you, Boomer. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And you can hear Boomer well, on. We don't know. Is it Fridays now or what? Or Tuesday? Uh, it's Friday. Yeah, they switched Friday because I misbehaved again. Oh, and at 9 see. o'clock Friday morning on WDBX. All okay. right, so catch OK Boomer on Fridays. Friday. As part of our series about Senior Citizen Center in the Boomer, we talk now with Patrick Law about how the Carbondale Senior Center attracts the younger oldster. Well, I think a lot of it is we just try to give them something to do, uh, take them away from home, something to enjoy, try to entertain them, greet them, feed them good for right now a cheap price, a donation of $3. So where could you eat in town and get what you get? That's dessert, drink, a well-balanced meal. I think a lot of them have told me when they get home they might just have a bowl of cereal for supper. They'd gotten plenty here. A lot of them just want to get out, meet with their friends, someplace fun to go and meet friends, you know. Um, There's been times or two people thought, oh, you know, is it clicky? Well, can I sit at any table? Yeah, you can sit anywhere you want. Well, sometimes people think it's clicky, but it's just like wherever you go, you have a tendency to sit with your friends. So if that's where your friends are, I'm that same way at church or a restaurant or anywhere I go, I'm not going to go sit with a bunch of strangers. Not that I wouldn't welcome them. But so, no, I don't think, I think we've gotten beyond that clickiness. I think everybody gets along real well, and we've got a real diverse group of folks that come in here, Um, SIU retirees, uh, people that worked, you know, on the transit routes and things of that sort, just a little, a nice meld of folks coming in and looking forward to meeting and dining and lunching with their friends every day. Uh, We try to have some kind of band entertain. We're fortunate here in town to have, volunteers come in we've got a few bands that come in and a big band that comes in once a month but they all still love their bingo even the boomers they might win a quattro's pizza because the sponsors are so nice here in town to give us items i tell all of them make sure you thank McAllister's for giving us this dinner because you know you might win the the bingo McAllister's or Pag's Pizza or Quattro's and just something fun it's not costing them anything people will throw a quarter in to play whatever they want to I think the boards are three for a quarter that's something I've heard I never had a price so but you might win it's fun so every Friday we do that no matter what I've been here 31 years and I tried about two different Fridays to do something else and it never worked out we were right back to bingo on Friday now you mentioned you've been here 31 years you were a young kid now you're 29 when I started now I'm old enough to sign on the line just like everybody else and eat here I never thought that would be the case but I've got people my age coming in here a little bit older so just you know at the time life goes by and you're thinking I don't think baby boomers or people my age are going to ever start coming in here this was the real grandmas like my grandma when I started because you know I'm 29 everybody looked like somebody's grandma when I started now it's like wow that guy's my brother's a you guys are my age you know so here we are and they're coming in you know so I'm amazed and I'm glad that they like coming you know something for them to do and we can always assist them with things we've got people on staff you'd mentioned some of the senior centers have like a a class teaching folks how to use their phone I'm still learning on my smartphone but we've got a couple of staff workers here if you could request them get them aside they'd be glad to help you anytime and if we can't we can refer them to somebody that will so we try to be leave the options open if we don't provide the service refer them somewhere to where they can still get hooked up with whatever they need from here so 
we try our best and they're always been open for people to come up to the office talk to any of us any day if we can't do it right then we will eventually try to figure out what you need to do to get what you need okay okay boomer yeah <laughs> yeah boomer i hear that a lot i'm still trying to warm up to that i see that a lot you know but yeah that i'm the tail end of the boomers so i don't know what's next uh, well, uh, the reason why I named it OK Boomer, I'm making fun of it right. because it is a, dera uh, a derogatory right. term for baby boomer. It is. I know it is. And, you know, I've heard that term all my life, and I thought, well, that was kind of something to be kind of proud of. I was at the end of that. But now I know these younger generation, that's not the sweet, that's not the sweetness way they mean it. They're like, get out of the way, boomer, speed it up, see all these kids at the self-checkout. I'm still trying to figure this out. I go to the store at the self-checkout out it's like okay let me see if I can get through this today and there's always some glitch somebody will come younger but <clears throat> you know and I'm like oh gosh why didn't I just go through the line but anyway well what I do is when we play one of the kids saying okay boomer I'll say okay kid let me show you this right right and then it's brand new to him like how did you do that well, I'm yeah. saying on the air, and also mm -hmm. we have some older people saying the same thing, some boomers. That's okay, right. boomer. Right, yeah, you're right. That comes from both directions there, and, you know, I think we all can learn from each other, and that's what has been the glory of being here. You did kind of have somebody your parents' age, your grandpa's age, your brothers' and sisters' age, so, and we still have that going on, and the younger ones have helped with the older ones that need things done, and, you know, just about everything cell phone. I remember when that first changed over, when all the phones companies were going after the people in home they had no idea we had bell telephone or general telephone around here that's what you had but then there was AT&T and Sprint and these changing their contracts for your long distance or that was a big mess that I thought how did we ever get here but now that's all gone, gone. you know it's now completely it's all gone. Patrick Law director of the Carbondale Senior Center and we'll have Patrick on future editions of OK Boomer and and sometimes I miss those old dial phones. Let's go further into the past when dial phones were new, back into the 1930s, several years before World War II. And as Mark Twain allegedly said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. Edward R. Murrow takes us back to those nerve-wracking days. This is Munich, Germany calling. The last 11th hour attempt to save the peace of Europe and avert a world war over the Sudeten muddle has just begun here in Munich. 1938 was the year of crisis. That's William L. Shirer's familiar voice. Senior Mussolini, Mr. Deladier, and Mr. Chamberlain are meeting in the Führerbau, or the Führer's headquarters. To the people of Czechoslovakia, 1938 was a poised knife. To Londoners, it was the digging of slip trenches and a Prime Minister, Neville Chamberlain, who said, how horrible, fantastic, incredible it is that we should be digging trenches and trying on gas masks here because of a quarrel in a faraway country between people of whom we know nothing. Jahren diesen Jahren wirklich eine praktische Friedenspolitik betrieben. Ich bin an alle die scheinbar unmöglich. In America that September. It was waking up mornings to hear Nazi cheers and a Führer's rantings. It's animal-like hysteria caricatured by the filtering of the shortwave. For 20 years, he said, German people in Czechoslovakia had to be traitors to their own cause because they were defenseless against Herr Benisch's persecutions. Either Benish will accept my offer and give the Germans in the Sudetenland freedom, or we will take it. Czech freedom was swapped for what Mr. Chamberlain called peace in our time. Tomorrow. Parliament is going to meet, and I shall be making a full statement of the events which have led up to the present anxious and critical situation. And first of all, I must say something to those who have written to my wife or myself in these last weeks to tell us of their gratitude for my efforts 
and to assure us of their prayers for my success. After my visits to Germany, I realized vividly how Herr Hitler feels that he must champion other Germans. He told me privately, and last night he repeated publicly, that after this Sudeten German question is settled, that is the end of Germany's territorial claims in Europe. Weighing 193, wearing purple trunks, outstanding contender for heavyweight honors, the former heavyweight title holder, Max Schmeling. The only defeat the Nazis suffered that year was 3,500 miles west of the Sports Palast at the Yankee Stadium. An American Negro who wouldn't believe he was champion until he had conquered the only man who had ever beaten him. World's heavyweight champion, Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling. The well-known voice of NBC's Clem McCarthy. Right and left to the head, a left to the jaw, a right to the head. And Donovan is watching carefully. Lewis measures him right to the body, a left up to the jaw. And Schmeling is down. The count is five, five, six, seven, eight. The men are in the ring. The fight is over on a technical knockout. Max Schmeling is beaten in one round. Yankee Stadium has had many other great moments, but none quite so moving as that when Iron Man Lou Gehrig stepped down after 2,130 consecutive games. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. That I might have been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Thank you. So, do any of these events echo in your mind? Does anything you heard rhyme with events of today? And as usual, it's up to you because you're the poet. I'd like to thank Patrick Law, and Stahl Heaver, Stephanie Ducat, Bob and Marcia Smith, Roger Ramjet, Raj and Bob, and Kathy Turner for this program. I'm Robert Rickman. Have a good rest of the week.